0: Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective, we have another fantastic show for you planned out today, very excited, we got Andrea rejoining us once again, we got Steve rejoining us once again, and I am stoked to have y'all now, While I am stoked y'all should be excited too, make sure you are liking the show, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff, get your emails whenever we go live, sometimes it's the morning, sometimes it's the evening we don't even know anymore. So for the rest of the year, by all means, make sure that you uh, have that set up. Now, today we're gonna to be talking about an achievement mindset, and if you have any thoughts or questions or comments or anything at all about that, put them up in the comment section, we can engage them throughout the show, kind of like this one, Winterstorm. Good morning, team, good to see you, buddy. Now, before we get into the topic, let's do some general um, intros. So, Andrea, you're up first. 10 to 15 seconds, I'm watching the clock, what do you got? <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm Andrea Ross, and um, I like to uh, play around on movie sets for a living, and when I'm not doing that, I coach people in parkour, acrobatics, and fitness.
2: Outstanding. Steve, how about yourself? Uh, next military veteran, 24 years in law enforcement, retired, and now I have a mindset coaching business. Bam, just like that. All right, well, let's
0: get into it then. I have just got to find the right right button here. An achievement mindset. So what is an achievement mindset? That is the real question. I have it here. It is a belief that abilities and intelligence can be developed and improved over time through effort, learning and perseverance. An achievement culture or mindset is where achievement or growth is at the roots and no matter what we do, when we do it, no matter how small or big, we want to achieve and grow because we feel good when we do. Uh, This links up with a growth mindset in the belief that abilities intelligence can be developed and improved over time through, again, effort, learning, and perseverance. The way we perceive our abilities can either limit our potential or unlock our capacity for growth and achievement. So that's the lead into this. What are you guys' first thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go with Steve first because it's been a while. Put you on the fire.
2: Uh, Pretty straightforward and um there's a will or a want to want something and once you want that something it's like a teenager driving a car right they want to drive so they're willing to learn and so what how do they get better they rep it out they get multiple repetitions right they're constantly driving on their permit but it's just if anything else any other task you got to be careful about task over over saturation you don't want to get too task saturated down one task at a time. But the, the thing that lives here and breathes is repetitions. So the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And it's just as long as that want and that will to get that end state, that's the thing that moves you forward. Those repetitions. I like it. Andrea, what about yourself?
1: Um, Yeah, I think for me, as soon as I hear, you know, achievements, I think the word goal or goal setting is very closely tied with that. And Um, it's something that I've always believed in since I was an athlete. And I, I feel that, uh, I see the goal or that achievement that you pick as the lighthouse out there and it's guiding all of your actions. Um, and so every time you make a choice to do something, you ask yourself, is that in line with what I want to achieve? Is this going to get me closer, you know, to that lighthouse? And even if you don't, then, um, if you're making all those decisions that are in alignment with that you are going to get closer and it is literally about i guess now that i'm in the water and the voyage and and getting to shore to that light hips is the sweet bonus
0: absolutely sean first thoughts
3: that just popped into my head there's maybe two ways to look at achievement mindset there's your internal mindset you know what's going on inside of you what you're thinking and then there's the external mindset that's created by the people around you And so, you know, of course, that's an external influence that then you internalize, you create an internal achievement mindset and, you know, you're off to the races. That's all good. But I think you got to have like your own internal mindset, achievement mindset. Then the influences around you, which are all of the active moving pieces, all the cogs in the machinery that are all around you that you either put there yourself or you luckily align up next to. Or you go seeking for whatever the case is, you go find other achievement mindset individuals that have a track record of success, and you put them around you, you wrap them around you and in the digital sphere that we're in, the the guest panel is an example that's who I' like to have around me people who kick ass, people who have an achievement mindset, people who have a track record, people who think the right thoughts to get to where they want to go and have demonstrated excellence over a consistent timeline that suggests that they're doing all the right things. Now, maybe it's not the same things that I do, but it's the right things just with a little tweak, a little vector, a little different angle. These are the kind of things that I like to absorb. So I have an achievement mindset internally, but by proxy, my achievement
0: mindset is created through the people that I put around me. I really like that. That uh, <clears throat> kind of plays into what I wanted to talk about here. And uh, I want to touch on something that Steve said here. You're talking about reps. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I heard just recently, I think it was Seb that was saying it was that uh, practice doesn't make perfect, perfect practice makes consistent. And so I wanted to just dive into this realm a little bit of, you know, reps are good but if they're um, unfocused reps do those still help or is it something that something that we need to really engage directly using those uh that community that we've created around ourselves right like so if if i'm doing something incorrect like we were talking about uh pistol draws in the last conversation at the beginning of this week having someone around to go no we need to sort that out let's clear this up and engage those points or should i just keep trying to rep 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 rep
2: rep steve i'm gonna come to you first what do you think no so on what you're saying yeah, it's exactly so pistol draws right you could go out there or i could go out there and draw my pistol a thousand times but it could be completely wrong every thousand every rep i do right so as long as you have consistent good reps is that's what you're trying to achieve take any topic any subject any objective that you're trying to reach uh it's the same thing so Uh, For ours in the gym with my girls, their reps in the gym need to be almost close to perfect as possible as far as their form goes. And so um, you don't want to do bad form in the gym constantly, right? So you don't want to get injured. So we strive for that. Pistol draws, same thing. Make sure that you're getting good reps every single time. And that builds that consistency. And then there are consistent, good reps those get backlogged in you and that becomes the default. So if I do bad reps all the way through my five years of trying to get towards something, and that's all I know. And when I go somewhere to test it, or if it's a life thing where I have to test it in life, it's going to be bad because I've trained wrong the whole time and the reps didn't count. You see my point?
0: Absolutely. Andrew, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. I think conscious, repetition will build, you know, towards consistency. I think that there is a world where I wouldn't say bad reps or incorrect or something. I think there is value in holding space for that, you know, when you're learning something and when you are putting those reps, because then you need something to compare to, you know, when you are doing it with, you know, like Steve said, with perfect technique. And I think it's picking that time or place where you maybe enter like a maybe a playful practice where you have either coaching supervision or you have, you know, friends or a sounding board, depending on if you're in the physical realm or, you know, or if you're learned behavior realm and that, you know, and that you do go and make mistakes. So your body knows what it feels like, or your brain knows what it feels like to mess up and that you have that, like, almost like that. Oh, that was not correct. And then you go through that quick process of like, what do I need to fix to get back into that? you know, as you said that perfect rep that you can go and go and go. And I think unless you make some mistakes, you don't actually know what, what a perfect rep is.
0: That is a great point, Sean. Thoughts on this?
3: Yeah, I agree with uh, both perspectives and it's not that the perspectives were wildly different. It was just a bit of a tweak and uh, maybe not pedantic uh, vocabulary, but it was correct clarity. Uh, it's just a little bit of a different approach in the sense that, you know, you can strive for perfection. And I don't think that's precisely what Steve was saying, but I think you can strive for per- perfection. And because you're you're keeping too tight of a bandwidth on the, the path towards perfection, you miss the outlier moments or the, as I like to think of it, I try to keep 5% on either side of uh, trying to do it too well versus trying to do it the right way versus trying to kind of do it wrong a little bit. And so if I ride on either side of, if I take my laser-like focus and spread it out a little bit as a larger beam of uh, too well and not as well, and the best is in the middle, then I learn more, I find. My evolution, my iterations are less in order for me to evolve faster. And so that's me. And I've been doing this thing for quite a while. And... And what, what do I mean by thing? I mean the the pursuit of excellence. Anything that I put myself into is, is a iterative process that I'm always seeking to be better in. It doesn't freaking matter what I'm doing. I mean everything. I, how I do one thing is how I do everything. So I pursue betterment in everything that I do. But for me, how it works best is at the beginning, I've kind of got to screw it up a little bit. In fact, sometimes I have to intentionally kind of screw it up. Cause I've got to understand my battle space. I got to understand like, whoa, that was way too wrong. And, uh, and, and sometimes I'll go on to the other end of the spectrum. That is, well, that was a freaking awesome outcome, but I can see the shortcuts that I kind of took there. So I got to clean it up. And so, you know, maybe I moved a little too fast. Um, maybe I need to slow it down. And so for me, I have to initially practice kind of screwing things up, but that's cause I've learned how to screw up well and uh, i learn how to get back on track pretty quickly but i need i need a body of mistakes if that makes any sense i got to have a bunch of mistakes in me when i until i start feeling like yeah now i got this cuz until i make that pile of mistakes i feel like i'm still sort of i don't have a good sense of my battle space so for me i'm more mistake driven at the front end in order to um feel like i'm on stable ground to then begin playing with my bandwidth uh i i don't know if that makes any sense to anyone yeah i'm tracking steve you had a thought
2: yeah i do uh on both of them 100 absolutely correct and so i didn't clarify is that will or want to succeed at something to get good reps there will always be a natural occurring failure point within trying to learn something new right and that's what's with everybody you take any one of us that started something new. We're like, oh, failed a hundred times, but it wasn't a purpose intent to fail. It was a natural fail because you're just learning a new skill set. So, uh, both both of them are absolutely right. And so, I think a lot of people get do stuck in this whole repetition of like, and they get so frustrated that it's not correct. It's okay to fail you because you're that's how you're going to learn. And you can't take one any one of us on a new skill a new skill set and expect us to get it just right the first time. If we do, we're extremely lucky, but that's just, it's, it's natural. So absolutely. hundred percent. Andrew,
0: you got anything to add on this?
1: Yeah. I, um, yeah, I love that Steve. And I think, um, what I would add is one of the tools in order to build, you know, consistent quality reps is yeah. That awareness of when you're not doing it, correctly. And I think like Sean said of like, he, you know, does all those mistakes or we normally do when we're learning something new, you know, we make all of these errors and, but how do we know that we're making them? And is that because we have a coach that's, you know, watching us or someone that's giving us feedback that's already done it? Are we so in tune because it's a skill maybe related to something we've already done? So we, you know, we can feel it in our body or our proprioception, you know, or our minds that something is aligned. So we're able to fix it ourselves. Are we filming ourselves or listening to ourselves and then reviewing? Um, And I think that system also really helps um, whittle down the time to getting to really good, consistent repetitions.
0: Absolutely. Um, Sean, you mentioned something earlier that clicked in my brain and you said, uh, kind of getting away with it of doing a rep that isn't quite it's not. It's not good, but it seemed to work, and uh, I I see this quite a bit, um, <clears throat> especially in jujitsu when we with some of the white belts where they'll, they'll get away with something, and then they they incorporate it into their game directly because they're like it worked, right? I I got that armbar because they leapt from one piece to another before actually working that system, and I and I wanted to just touch on that and you guys thoughts on it in terms of. A, how to, how to check that mentality of like, hey, it worked, so I'm going to use it. And also how to, how to, once you realize you've done it, how to like backtrack it and go, okay, well, I screwed that up. And, 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 and I got I to gotta figure out how to do this better. What are your thoughts on that one? I'm going to start with Sean and then I'll work my way down. What do you think?
3: Yeah, it, for sure. I think everyone goes through that process of, I, I got this. Yeah, I got this. No, you don't. And so the, the, there's two ways that a person can find out that they don't got it. And it is either through their own curiosity, they pressure test against something that is going to establish whether they actually do got it or not. And a, a good way to do that is like roll up on a purple belt and say, let's roll. And, and then test your system, which is going to fail because you're a white belt and you don't know much yet that's just the way it is. And so you've got to have that natural curiosity to understand whether your beliefs match up with reality. Or externally, another party comes in, sees you walking around the gym telling everyone how you've got it. And then they walk up to you and say, hey, what's your name again? Uh, Yeah, you've been here two weeks. Jim? Okay, Jim, let's roll. What's your name again? I'm Sean? And so then I'm going to illustrate that they don't got it. But I'm going to do it nicely. I'm not going to do it meanly. I'm just going to help them understand that their sense of how they got it doesn't match up with reality. So if that means I've got to give them the opportunity to armbar me all day long, and I take all sorts of different ways to illustrate that either through frustrating them or, or just straight up laughing at them, whatever it takes, I'll do it as a coach to help them understand that you don't got it. And so you will have it in the future, but you don't got it now. And here's why. And I'll take them off to the side and explain to them. So here's some things that I observed while we were rolling. How do you feel about that? And we're going to go through an iterative loop where we're going to better understand that you don't got it through me telling you that you don't got it. So it's either they find out through curiosity or they find out through an external party that their beliefs don't match up with reality. I like that. Steve, what are you thinking? Uh, so
2: yeah, I turned my camera off. Yeah. I think if you can get something right in the moment, but the carry over into either the next movement or something else it's it's wrong. It can't carry over to the next thing. So example that, uh, we use is room entries. Uh, guy walks into a room, draws his gun, fires one round super fast. He's like, man, that was so bad at so fast. Right. But he shot the wrong target he didn't have the clarity or the vision or the visual patience to understand what he was doing in the room he was so concerned about a singular thing that he got right and that's what he had been working on so in the moment if you're trying a new skill set you can get something and say oh my gosh it happened that's where a mentor alongside of you somewhere is like did i do it right or did i just get lucky that i got it but if it carries into if it, it could carry into something else it could be dead wrong because it 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 frog hops over to the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing, as you build things, there are certain singular skill sets that you can get just by sheer luck. And you have to figure out why it became so lucky that you got it and it worked. And if you're smart, you'll backtrack why it occurred. And if you understand that, why that's the big key for me. Absolutely. Andrew thoughts.
1: Um, yeah. I think first thing that comes to my mind, because uh, through my wrestling career there was many times um that I both experienced and witnessed uh being beat out of nowhere like getting pinned by a brand new person and you know being like how did I end up on my back you know and and likewise like catching someone in in a in a game winning you know move that I didn't think that I was you know maybe equal to and two things come to mind one is a wins a win. so even if it's in practice or however you got it, I think taking the moment to celebrate that that you that you did that you won or you caught you did the you caught the move on the person and that when that happens to me, I also try now that you know I'm not competitive in that sphere, you know, acknowledging that to the person be like yes, like you you know you caught my leg or you know you took away my offense and then like Sean said, going to, are they going to then get curious about why they and giving them space to be like, okay, did I pin her because I am an excellent judo thrower and she, you know, and she walked into my trap and executed it or was off balance and we fell, but my, you know, I had good instincts to bring her to the mat. And I think identifying the piece of that, that gave them success. And then also identifying the piece that, you know, they need to work on to make that a consistent part of their repertoire.
0: Absolutely. Sean, you got any additional points to this? Other than um being curious
3: about how to get better yourself or having someone else around you want you to get better by mentoring or coaching or showing you the pro tips, whatever the case is, is there anything else that we've left out? I mean, you've got your internal view of curiosity, and then you've got your external push from other parties around you? Is there anything else? Have we forgotten something? I mean, it seems so simple, right? But it is that simple. I mean, the, I, I can't think of anything else. You either get curious or someone helps you along the way. and And sometimes that help along the way just doesn't fall into your lap because of gravity. It's like, you've kind of got to go look for it. So if you don't have a curious mindset to kind of solve things yourself, which is kind of how I'm built, I like to solve it myself. I don't like coaches around me all the time. In fact, I don't need them. I'll I'll figure out the problem in front of me. And that's what pleases me by doing it through an iterative process where I make a boatload of mistakes. And I feel like I earned my way. And, And if I have too much external help, it feels like I didn't earn my way. That's how my head is wired. And so there's me, Then there's Steve, then there's Andrew, then there's Chance, and then there's a thousand other people who all learn a different way. But it does come down to how you drive yourself internally. So you got to know yourself before you start taking on any task. It's good if you know yourself. And then you got to have good people around you. And then the rest of it is you just figuring out how to learn and, and learning different skills. Because how I learn in one skill is not how I learn in another skill. I have to engage different parts of myself. And that means maybe not my physical self. Maybe I'm moving my script around to more of an intellectual self and more emotional self, a more psychological self. And so, you know, we're I think all of us are talking about physical skills where we're drawing a pistol, riding a horse. Doing an armbar, all of these things, but how about how to absorb information better? So there's there's lots of things that we could talk about that require our own curiosity, our own internal driver, understanding how we learn, and then the people that are around us. And the people that are around us are not always going to be the same people for various tasks. Like I've got some really smart friends, but they can't smell, they can't spell armbar because they've never been on the the mat. So I'm not going to them for BJJ advice, but I'll engage in a conversation with them about the time lag response on a three-dimensional model based on how the central nervous system works when it interprets fear. So I don't mind talking to them about that, but they can't translate that onto the mats because that's not who they are. They're an academic. They're not a physical player. But that doesn't mean that they don't have something to add to the conversation in my mind. But it's for me internally to be able to absorb all of these various vectors of information that are at 360 all around me all the time to best absorb their best wisdom into my own personal actions of whatever I'm trying to do. So so do you have any thoughts on that? Does the panel have any ideas on how to do that a little bit better? Let's go to uh, Steve. What
0: are you thinking?
2: i agree with you that everyone learns differently and you have to find out drives individuals but if you're mentoring somebody towards something if you can make an individual believe that success is right around the corner they'll never stop chasing it and that's where i go back to that that will or that want Um, so when you are talking about yourself you should know yourself by now as far as how you learn how you adapt how you bring information in we get stuck in ourselves. This point is where we think we can't change. And we can because we ask others to change. So, if we're a coach, we ask others to change. You can absolutely change. And you got to get over that hump to, to learn something maybe new. When you're mentoring somebody, you find out how they process information, how they uh, relay information, how they perform a task. How they understand a task, and you work within the parameters of that individual, and you start just figuring out how they operate and how you communicate to them to make that task more uh, so they can absorb that task information from you to apply it. Everyone's just a little bit different, and you just got to kind of find that mode to, to deliver to get them to complete the tasks that they're wanting to do. Yeah, absolutely. Andrea, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I think. As you know, as a coach, I I am drawn to the people that are not that are in the middle. So they're not quite Sean that enjoy and need to figure things out all by themselves because that there's not that much of a job for me to do in that realm. And you know, and the people that are dependent on someone else to figure it out for them and tell them what to do because I don't think they ever, you know, it, it's like, they're going to walk with their crutches forever. Even if they can walk and run, they're just, they're very, you know, they become dependent. And, and so, you know, I'm coaching it's that fine line between having someone that is, that is curious enough about how they learn and how, and what they want to do and my ability to, step in when I need to and give space when I need to, to let them figure out pieces of it and then jump in where I need to. So I think it's a really fine balancing act, whether, and, and I'd say the reverse when I'm learning something, you know, from, from a coach, there's times like where I need to figure out when I need to ask for help or feedback or to walk them through. And when I need to be like, can you just hold on a sec? I'm just going to go fumble through this because there's something going on and, and i know i can find the answer to it and then give you feedback to give me feedback and we'll continue the dance
0: mm, that's an interesting point on that one i uh <clears throat> i think what we're we're trying to what we're kind of dancing around here is the difference between the micro versus the macro right because it's like there's a skill that can be taught through singular repetition and you can hit these things out if i want to be a better jujitsu arrow i think is what they're called, but um, if I wanted to be better at jujitsu and I want to learn one move, okay, I can sit with a coach and we can work piece by piece by piece by piece until I have that move and I can integrate that into my game. But when I'm talking macro, like I want to be better at jujitsu, I have to be able to pull from kind of everywhere. I got to be able to watch somebody else roll and say, "Oh, that was a neat little point and then try to internalize it and affect it. And I'm wondering, is there a big difference between that between the micro versus the macro or is the mindset itself when thinking about uh learning or achieving or doing better in life is it the same concept just focused or not
2: steve what do you think no you're right uh i I think how you described it was pretty well um we all through our life that we build singular skill sets and we big the macro skills and stuff to do other things and we always learn um, someone that says that they they're done learning and they don't want to learn anymore. It's it's all a lie. We all learn. We're very unique humans that can bring in information and start to figure things out. People do it all the time. When you work with clients, uh, kind of like what Andrew was saying is or Sean was saying that maybe they have a lot of things figured out. Those clients don't need you as much. And you're there for a very short time with them because they can figure a lot of things out on their own other people need more of a push. And um, sometimes their vision is closed because they only are seeing one way. And so like you're saying, the macro, you open them up to see other things as far as working bigger skill sets or multiple skill sets that lead into other things. Uh, I guess in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is I I agree with kind of your analogy. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Andrea, (laughs) any thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I think as I, I love how Sean uh, put that, we are all capable of of learning and growing, and I think that there are just the desire to learn and achieve, and the drive and will. I think those are things that are much more challenging to get externally because they're, you know, internal, we, we can lead by as coaches, we can lead by example and show what that looks like. We can give tools. We can give them all of those pieces. Like you said, chance, like all of the different skills, all of the different, you know, sports psychology methods, we can hand them all of that. We can show them how they work, but unless somebody has that like achievement or goal in mind and that they're willing to put in whatever effort and for each, person, it's a different amount of effort. Some people can put all those together really quickly and just, you know, get to it. And others, you know, it's more of a struggle. But I do believe that that will to do it is a necessary ingredient comes from that person and not from um, the external world.
0: Absolutely. Sean, thoughts on this?
3: Yeah, I like uh, teaching people the macro world around them. I, I like showing them the broader world around them, the they maybe aren't even aware of because I love watching minds being blown. And so it's my job to blow some minds. And, and I don't mean like in podcasting, I'm talking about when I'm working with an athlete or, you know, someone who is uh, kind of in the game that I can look them straight in the eye in front of them and, and blow their mind to some degree. And so I'm just going to give a casual example. I was, uh, I know a guy from BJJ. We've been together for quite a long time. And uh, he was describing something to me, and, and he was struggling with it. And I said, hey, so have you ever observed yourself from outside of your body? Like, have you ever popped out of your body and hovered above your body and watched yourself move? Have you ever thought about, like, how you move from an external perspective of your own mind? Why don't you start, like, looking at yourself, hovering above yourself as you're moving, and consider yourself as a more visible three-dimensional model in this 3D world rather than just existing in your body and moving. It might give you a different perspective on things. Well, like to this, to this day, not, not every time we see each other, but like he brings it up on a pretty regular basis on how it completely changed his game. His game of BJJ, of course, but the way he views things, ironically, is now he has a different tool that he can view his own performance outside of his performance in a way that makes him be a richer performer in life. And so there's tons of things that a person can do to look at themselves from a macro perspective or look at things from a micro perspective. There's so many freaking ways to do it. And you got to find people who know a bunch of ways. You got to go find either a really good coach who has been in the game long enough that they can like throw little cruise missiles at your brain every once in a while. Uh, so that you like, gee, it's almost a uh, program reset. So things are different the next day when you wake up in the morning. So you, you kind of need people like that to drop little macro bombs on you. And then from the micro perspective, the feedback that someone can give you on a micro level Um, It should illustrate the richness of the game or the depth of the game. And so the macro kind of is like the game changer, for lack of a better term. But the micro is the exposure to how deep does this rabbit hole go? And so I think there's a bunch of ways that you can approach it with every single person that you either work with or you bump into on the sidewalk and spend a minute with. I like to play around with the macro and the micro. To show uh, what can be done and how deep the rabbit hole goes, even if I've only got a couple of minutes, I still try to play those two games simultaneously any way that I can. Because it, it kind of, it's not that it amuses me, but I kind of like doing it. And so, if I like doing it, I'm going to keep doing it unless I'm offending the person. Then they can tell me to hit the road, and I will. No big deal. But I think that uh, if, if within ourselves, when we're trying to help someone we can set up these challenging fun games, at least they're fun to me, to be able to change someone on a couple of different levels that have a big delta between the two. It's really, it's, it's a fascinating game,
2: I find.
0: Interesting. Uh, I mean, Steve, you got any thoughts on this?
2: No, I think I, I mean, I agree with them all. Yeah.
0: Proud that. Andrea, I do, I mean, okay. there's not much to say. <laughs> All right. Roger that. No worries. Uh, Andrea, any thoughts on what Sean just went over?
1: No, I feel like that was fairly extensive. It was great.
0: He has this, this has this happen sometimes where he just like lays out a point and everyone's like, Oh yeah. All right, cool. Um, (laughs) now the thing I want to get into next on this is that, you know, we're talking about the achievement mindset in general. We've been talking about mindset all week, which has been fascinating first off, but the, uh, The question I have for you guys: You're you're all coaches. You've all taught people at multiple ranges, from beginner to experts to uh, everybody in between. And I'm wondering if there has been, is there a different mindset for you as a coach that you have to slip into in order to engage those different skill levels throughout? Because the way I look at it, at least, you know, someone that just starts mountain biking or someone who just starts BJJ or someone who just gets into uh parkour or whatever their mindset, their achievement mindset might be very different than someone who's been doing it for 10 years and is really trying to hone that edge. Right. So I'm wondering what your guys' mindset has to shift in terms of a coach to be able to engage those people. Andrea, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I, I think they absolutely have to shift. I think, um, at least for me as a coach it that is one of the pieces of like what they hope to achieve do they just want to be introduced to you know the sport or do they want to you know excel or do they want to use it for fitness so i think their goal is is definitely one of the pieces and the other main one that i come into is 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 how they learn because if even if they're coming in as a beginner if i can't connect with them as a, as a student and what makes them tick, then they're not to stay in it to learn a sport. They're not going to stay in it to excel, or they're not going to stay in it, you know, and, and, and have a lifestyle around a sport. And so I really have to, I wear, you know, different hats. Like when I wrestle, you know, or when I coach men in wrestling, I wear a different hat automatically when I come in, to connect with them than I do when I'm teaching women parkour or, you know, or when I'm teaching actors how to fall without, you know, breaking a limb. It's like it's, it is very different what side of, you know, me comes out to, to connect with them. And then that way I then focus on what their, their outcome is.
2: I like that. Steve, thoughts? Yep. The way I describe it for myself is I'm in a building mindset. They're in an achievement mindset. So I'm getting there, there to build them. So I back off their achievement as far as I know what they want. I'm not trying to achieve. Yes, I'm trying to achieve them to achieve. Right. But I'm in a building aspect of achievement for them. So giving them whatever they need to get their achievement uh, to become a success for them. So whether it's building skill sets or refining something or pushing them harder or whatever, those are all building. That's the way I describe it for myself is when I work with a client and it could be. Shooting, tactics, weightlifting, doesn't matter. What the skill set is, it all comes from a building aspect for me to build them to become better.
0: I like that, Sean. What are your thoughts on this one?
3: Well, the first thing that's going to change is them. Because within the first 24-hour iteration, I'm going to be looking them square in the eye or I'm going to be looking them in the digital eye and say, remember that time that you were an amateur? Yeah, that was then. Now you're a professional as of three seconds ago because that's the way we're going to roll. You're going to be a pro. You're going to think like a pro. You're going to act like a pro. You're going to be a pro. And the only thing that's holding you back from being a pro is your mind. So flip that switch. Now you're a pro. It doesn't mean that now you're standing on the world championship podium, because you ain't, and you may never be. But you're going to start acting like a pro. You're going to start thinking like a pro. You're going to be a pro. And so the moment that they start becoming a professional in everything that they do, then we'll figure the rest out. But I always ask someone within that first 24-hour cycles to change their mind on what they were thinking before we have that first conversation. Because invariably, and it's rare that a person shows up on my front doorstep thinking like a pro already. Most, if not every single person thinks like an amateur because they think that they're an amateur. They give themselves the title of, well, I'm, I'm just an amateur at whatever level it is that they're in. And it's probably because they're not competing as a professional yet. If they were, they might think that they're a professional. And then that's an entirely different human being that I'm coaching. But invariably, it is someone who thinks that they're just an amateur, but that's a mindset unto itself that can be flipped in a split second by thinking, now I'm going to be a professional. And then that professional approach is what I'm helping them build. And so, like Steve said, it's a building phase with anyone who shows up my front doorstep, whatever level they're at, we're going to build off of that level. But as a professional team where I am professionally guiding them or mentoring them and they are professionally responding internally and externally. So for sure, one thing's going to change and it's going to be their mind. And within a short order, it's going to be their thinking like a professional.
0: I uh, I remember that conversation that you and I had about this <laughs> that was a uh it was I, like you said it was mind changing it was a decision point rather than a um than an external aspect put it that way so in at the time you're right I was absolutely thinking like an amateur um to be able to switch that mindset because of the fact that I wasn't getting paid and I think this is a a, a critical thing for a lot of people is that, you know, a professional athlete or a professional whatever is someone that gets paid to do that particular job. But it's not. To be to be professional, the mindset of a professional is not the same as being a professional athlete or being a professional, um, you know what I'm talking about. But the, uh, the, the next step of this question, because I love you guys' answers, and you guys are coming from three... Different realms, but you're all kind of coalescing into the one thing. It now is: <clears throat> how do you create? How do you develop your own mindset at the levels that you're at now? Because you guys have fi- you guys have honed your guys' edge into a very fine blade, and you're at the tops of your personal professions. How do you continue to maintain that um, that achievement mindset to? continue to seek, to continue to fight, to continue to learn, to continue to build, to because and the reason I'm asking this is the fact that I look at, you know, a high level black belt in jujitsu. Their their macro changes are micro movements, right? Like you move you shift your hips a little bit. Oh that changes that's the whole game. That's a totally different game now at this point. So I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are on how to develop at that high level. To continue to develop that movement, Andrea, what are you thinking?
1: Um, I I'm having trouble going like all the way back to when I was lead athlete, and now you know as as a stunt person, there's I've been humbly a white belt in so many realms in the last five years so of my life. Um. So, but I I think as an maybe if I say like an expert mover or a, you know a high performance mover. Um, it's, it, those micro and macro adjustments are predominantly, yeah, up here where, um, I think we were talking about this earlier this week with Sean of stripping, slowly stripping away the things that we, the external things that we rely upon in order to make progress. You know, Sean would use the lucky rabbit's foot analogy. And so, um, things like, having a certain warm up before I'm able to, you know, do, do a certain skill or be in a certain environment, whether it's, you know, a, a padded, you know, judo mat floor or the grass outside or, you know, and that. And I think that playing around and fine tuning and removing those external crutches, if you will, I think that's what is what my focus is on, like on my achievement mindset game.
2: Absolutely. Steve. Thoughts? Well, since I love simplicity, (laughs) yeah, don't get lazy and don't get comfortable. And that's the one thing that creeps into anyone at any level that they don't keep maintaining what they're doing. And so if you become something at your game at a high degree, you either have to you're maintaining that, at least maintaining that. There's never an end state is what I tell myself, you can always keep going, achieving more. Now, there's things in the real world that have an end state, and you're right, you're I get that, but mentally driving yourself to always learn something different, something new, become better at something. Just because you're a black belt or a uh, grandmaster shooter, it doesn't mean you can't get faster. It doesn't mean you can't get better. So the comfort comes in and that laziness comes in to say, uh, I'm good. And then what happens is that just keeps setting in year after year, and you start to diminish your skill sets. And so, keep maintaining what you're doing, keep driving towards what you're doing, but also have that that understanding that there there is more, there is faster, there is more money, there is more skill sets, there is a faster time. You see my point. And so, but you got to use a comparative scale too. So if you're like 65 years old, you can't shoot like a 22 year old. You can come, you could try but you have to have a realization of where you're at in life also. And so injuries play an effect of that too, sort of like weight lifting. You know, people that have injuries and stuff, they can't lift like a, a fresh 20 year old, right? And you have to take them out of that saying, hey, we, we're not there. Let's let's match ourselves where we need to be in reality. And so you could be the most fittest 65 year old in the world. That's That's actually pretty cool. Right. Because there's no other 65 year olds just fit as you or they could shoot as good as you or they could roll as good as you or take your sport or take your skill set. Laziness and comfort is easy, slow killer for anyone. And you you just got to fight it. I mean, I, I think it creeps in on everybody, but you just you literally have to fight it. And you have to at least at least at all things, maintain what you're doing, but also have that mindset that you teach others. And I in my household, my both of my daughters are coaches. And I have told them repeatedly, if you are going to preach to somebody what they should be doing, you ought to be doing it yourself. Don't ever go to someone else and explain to them and tell them this is what you need to do and then you not do it. I, we just don't we don't live that way. I never live that way. And so they're both phenomenal coaches. But, yeah.
0: Learning from the best, I think. That's the key. Sean, <laughs>
3: thoughts? Yeah, I think that uh, irrespective of the level, let's just use the black belt as the example. That black belt, you know, could start seeing the macro um, issues start to dissolve and just see tiny little macro or micro issues and then the macro issues start disappearing because now they're a black belt without a curious mindset. You got to have a curious mindset. You know, uh, Andrea had stated it earlier where, you know, some athletes, when they first start out with a coach, I've had it happen as well. They're not curious enough about the process. So then they rely on every word that I state and they won't do something tomorrow unless they run it past me today. Hey, Sean, do you think it'll be okay if I dot, dot, dot tomorrow? So, you know, these are things that they could solve themselves if they had enough curiosity about the process that they could understand what they can and can't do within the constraints of a 24 hour cycle. And so if I've got an athlete or if, if I've got someone in front of me and, and I'm now their crutch where they can't make those decisions cause I've got to make the decision for them, it's my freaking job to teach them not to do that. It's my job to autonomize them. And so I had to have to get rid of them because I can't fix them or I have to fix them so that they can get in the game with me of the game that we're going to play, which is called you're going to learn how to be more curious. And so that is something that I think all coaches should consider is not just guiding a person towards excellence, but also in parallel teaching them how to be curious. So I'd said earlier that you've got to have the right things wrapped around you and then you've got to be a curious enough person that you can go and solve the world in front of you and so if someone gets to a black belt level where they weren't encouraged to be curious throughout the entire process well now at a black belt they don't they don't have a curious mind enough to start working on the little things that are in front of them if but if you are a curious person those things that, those little things that are in front of you are now big things just like they were when you were a white belt with a curious enough mind Every problem is a problem that you can solve. But if you don't have a curious mind, eventually all the problems disappear because you weren't curious enough to go looking for more problems or to expand the problems or to look deeply enough into the problems to realize that, oh, I could spend the rest of my life in that problem and I still wouldn't be able to fix it. So that's a curious mindset. That's the growth mindset that should be, taught to someone at an early age in whatever sport or any endeavor that they're in they have to be taught the skills to do it and then they have to have the curiosity to go on for the rest of their lives and never
0: run out of problems i hope that makes sense absolutely there is a uh, <clears throat> there's a great meme that's been cycling around the internet for a while and it's always just uh, uh, i don't want peace give me problems always in that it's You know, you got to continually seek that next, that next, every time you make a create a solution, you need to find out what the next problem is continuously rather than just saying, cool, done, move on. Um, The question I have for you on that end is I'm going to bring it back all the way to a beginner. So you're talking about trying to teach someone how to be curious. There are many people out in the world who aren't curious at all in anything they do exactly what they're supposed to do they are you know let's call them the the norm what what we see around us in north america of you know people just doing what they believe they're supposed to and they're stuck in that that consistent cycle how do we how do we teach them to be curious steve first thought what are you thinking on that one
2: well, from a coach's standpoint, someone that's curious is going to reach out to you. Someone that's not curious, not, never, you're never going to know it. Um, I, my household is unique because we're all coaches. My, my daughter's coach weightlifting and CrossFit. My wife was a soccer coach, played semi-pro soccer. I have a coaching business. I taught tactics for so many years, and I still do. And so we bounce things off of each other constantly, and everyone's uniquely different but if there's a driver for you to be with someone there's a curiosity there there's a will for something uh if you don't just randomly go on the street and say i'm going to help that guy right there do this turn a screwdriver because there's got to be a will or a want for you to help him and so i really look, we look for those those individuals that come to you at a beginner stage maybe just like an open book say hey i would love to clean 250 pounds and you're like, okay, well, let's start with a PVC pipe and work our way there. You know, they just want to come in or I want to shoot right now. Have you ever shot a gun? No. Well, let's start work fundamentals. Let's work some stance some grip, you know, some dry fire. Uh, their leap ahead is way further than what we know where they should be at. So we bring them back down to reality of where they should be. But someone's reaching out to a coach. There's a will. And there's a want to be better at something or learn something. And that's kind of your canvas that you get to work with, which is very nice. Because if somebody wants to do something, they're going to listen. And so the younger ones or the the beginners, they don't, everything's up in the air for them. All they know is they want to shoot a gun. That's all they want to do is they want to shoot a gun. Okay. And then when you start laying into them, the steps that need to get them there that listening piece comes in and they start to understand it and it's an easily build process for them. Um, there's always eager ones that want to just jump ahead constantly, constantly. And I've had that. They're like, no, 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 no. And guys have a tendency to do that more than females do. Females are very good listeners and they'll apply what you say very meticulously men. Sometimes they'll just jump ahead. Like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. And then you kind of have to let them watch them fail and realize they don't got it. And a little bit of ego. Right. And so, Um, everyone's uniquely different, but that's that will, that want, that's them inspiring to do something else that reaches out, that gets our attention to help them. Absolutely.
0: Andrea, thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I am, I guess, yeah, approaching like a beginner will use the white belt versus black belt, um, or teaching at any stage. There's two terms that both Steve and Sean have brought up and one is, curiosity and one is comfort. And depending on what level of learning there in my experience, there's always that trade-off. And I love teaching beginners because they they had enough curiosity to show up and be new and they in order to succeed or have growth. I think that you need to be curious and you also need to be comfortable being uncomfortable, because that is where the growth happens. And beginners are automatically uncomfortable because they're in a, typically in a world with so many factors that are new and all of that. So that, that piece of the, you know, the learning and the gains puzzle is automatically there. Um, And then I personally notice a shift as they, as the beginners become more familiar, whether it's, you know, with a sport or a certain skill, um, they become more comfortable with a certain, you know, a certain level of their skill arena in which they compete or participate in, um, and that is where I think some participants are um, less curious about that growth with be- or comfort of being uncomfortable. And some students I find are naturally okay with constantly being uncomfortable because they know what's on the other side. And so. Um, I, I like the beginners because there's automatically the curiosity and the discomfort. I don't think that they necessarily always know that it is a lack of comfort that they're experiencing because there's so much being thrown at them. But as a coach, um, I know that I try and focus on driving that home. Like, if you want to keep doing this, it's going to be uncomfortable. And as soon as you are comfortable, you're not learning anymore. And I would also add that my second question usually is like, do you want this? Like, is this something that brings you joy? Is this something that you want to attain? Because that also would change how I push them along that, you know, white belt to black belt. Um, And if it's not something that they want to attain, if they want to stay comfortable and in that, you know, white belt mentality, like go for it. We might just not you know be working together because I, I like to continue to drive, you know, towards the black belt, but I also don't do it if it's not going to like fill your cup. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was thinking while you were talking about that, that <clears throat> most of the white belts in jiu-jitsu know, the, know it's uncomfortable. It's pretty, pretty, pretty obvious that it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Sean, thoughts on this one? Well, I like white
3: belt minded people or someone who is just starting in a game. I, I like them unless I don't like them. And that's the key. I mean, not everyone is like amazing because just because they're a white belt in something. And not everyone is my cup of tea, regardless of their belt. But the people that I like, I like. And if it's a white belt, it's fun because then I get to teach him some things. And I'm not going to teach them jujitsu even while I'm teaching them jujitsu. I want to teach them about life because that's, that's what I like. That's what keeps me in the game. And so if, if someone comes over to my house for a coffee, I'm going to make coffee the way I make coffee, and it's at a professional level. And so while that person's watching me make coffee professionally, It is inevitable that they're going to ask me a question. So if they've got a bit of curiosity, now they're in the game with me. And now I get to start opening up their mind. Now I get to start changing not how they make coffee, but how they view life. Because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use the moment as a platform to introduce something either philosophically or something that is going to challenge their mind, that is going to cause a pattern interrupt, for them to start viewing life a bit differently, a bit better. Because I want them to be better in the moment. I just don't want to serve them a better cup of coffee. I want to serve them a better cup of life to some degree. And so that's just who I am. I like to I like to change things, and it doesn't mean that I can change everyone in huge ways. but if I can change a person's life in just a tiny little way, and hopefully they're changing my life in a big way. But if we can play a game together where I get to help someone, that's what keeps me That's what that's my jam. That's what I like as a coach. So whether they're a white belt or a black belt or a purple belt or whatever belt, it doesn't much matter to me. I like to find a way to add value to that person's life through an unexpected vector where I'm going to teach them something not about the armbar, but about the broader world wrapped around them. That's what fascinates me now. It's not it didn't fascinate me when I was 20. Or 30, but it fascinates me now because I've done it long enough that I like it. And as a coach, I guess you gotta know what you like to do. And then you gotta do it a bunch of times. And then you gotta find some passion in doing it, I suppose. And then it's just kind of your jam. It's what you chase. It's what I like. So, white belts, I love working with white belts as long as they show up, cool. Because I'm not gonna work with a goof. And so (laughs) I'm not out there trying to save the world. I'm just out there like trying to do good things with good people. And if they're a curious white belt, who's respectful, who wants more for themselves, who's in the game with me, if I know that they're only there for a week, I'm going to focus on someone else because it's a throwaway moment for me. But if they are in the game and I can see potential in them, I'm gonna pour myself into them for sure because
0: I like I like watching growth in a person. Yeah, that is uh, one of the best things to be able to watch. Is anybody that can I, I used to call them aha moments in those in those moments where they people grasp grasp a concept rather than just the one thing you're teaching them when they can actually utilize that and they go oh and you can see it when they're like. Yes, <laughs> they, they actually get it. It's a great feeling. But on top of that, watching them apply that to their life throughout time is such a fulfilling moment, not just moment, fulfilling time period to be able to watch people grow. Um, <clears throat> now we are just about at time here. So let's get some final thoughts and we will uh, shut her down for the afternoon. Steve, any final thoughts, anything on anything we've gone over so far?
2: I think everything revolves around to kind of what I want to say here is if uh, anyone's out there seeking help or advice from a coach or anything, um, or even just better fulfillment in their own life, is to pick your eyes up and look forward. Nothing's on the ground for you. And theory versus action, action's always going to win. If you seek out a coach, they're going to do something actionable to get you towards what you want to do. And that's where live life through action comes from. Nothing happens when you're static, you got to move. And there's a ton of people that are more on your side and willing to help you than you could ever uh, imagine. Reach out and grab somebody.
0: Absolutely. Andrea, final thoughts?
1: Yeah. Less profound than Steve's, but what, um, what sticks out is that um, achieving achievement mindset, I think um, like Sean said, when he coaches, he coaches life. And I think that, you know, sport is just the, perfect analogy in learning life. And so if you want to build an achievement mindset, there's no better way than starting a new sport or activity, um, with a good, you know, good coach, because that is, I think, one of the fastest ways to experience what building an achievement mindset is.
0: Absolutely. Sean, final thoughts.
3: Yeah. So set yourself up first for what you want. And if you want to achieve Set it inside you right now. Get your internal universe straight. That—that's what I want to do. I want to start achieving in life. Whatever that achievement pathway is for you, whatever idealized future you've got, you've got to frame it up inside of you first. You got to want it, and you got to know why you want it, and you got to know how badly you want it. What philosophy you're going to apply against it? Then once you're once you're good with yourself inside, then go seek external cogs around you, all the machinery that can help you solve this problem. Go find the right people, line up with the right team, go find the right coach or mentor, start chasing down the right resources online or through a book, through friends, through your community, through the sport that you're engaging in or through the business that you want to learn more about. Start engaging externally, but don't start the external engagement until you start your internal Engagement first. You got to understand your why. You got to want it bad enough. You got to be clear on why you're going to cross the start line. But all of the answers are all around you if you line up with the right people. So if you've done the work internally well and you show up at the front doorstep of the right person, they'll accept you if you've done the work to be ready to work. And that just simply means. Get your mind in a professional mindset where you start thinking like a pro, acting like a pro, want to be a professional in everything you do, and a good coach or mentor or friends or team all around you will always help you if you're demonstrating that you're on the right path with
0: them and for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the great conversation. First off, thank you very much, Steve, Andrew, John. Fantastic Fantastic conversation. This has been awesome. Um, The only thing I can add to this is, you know, as a, as a, I'm going to reiterate the, all the panel here is that we should continually seek to learn who we are at our core and use that to grow into the person that we want to be, which then allows us to be that person. So hope we will continue to do that as we learn, build and grow every day here on The Collective.
2: We'll see you all tomorrow. Gmo.